Lomacugan has brought a lot of color to CLIs within Python due to Rich. Then Textural started rethinking full command line applications, including layout with CSS. And now Textualize, a new startup, is bringing CLI apps to the web. This episode is sponsored by Rollbar. Rollbar is the leading platform that enables developers to proactively discover and resolve issues in their code, allowing them to work on continuous code improvements throughout the software development lifecycle. Rollbar has plans for all situations, from free to large enterprise. With Rollbar, developers deploy better software faster and can quickly recover from critical errors as they happen. Learn more at rollbar.com. Welcome to Test and Code. Well, I am super excited today to have Will McCougan. You started Textualize. Actually, tell me what the timeline was. Uh, sure. Okay. So I guess um, last year at some point, um, I decided to take a year off. I was going to take a year off. Um, I had some savings. I was prepared to <clears throat> work through those savings, and then I would build Textual, and I'll build this uh, web service alongside it that used Textual. And then at the end of that year, I would approach um, VCs and see if I could turn it into a business. Or worst case scenario, I would just go back to like a, like a regular day job, like everyone else. Yeah. Um, and I, I tweet this. You know, I, I find it quite cathartic to just tweet things and, and get feedback. Uh, and I somehow managed to inadvertently uh, attract um, some interest from VC company. And... Uh, yeah, um, so it didn't take long. You know, you do a little bit of negotiation and you kind of agree on, on what the plan is. And, and then it, then it, then you're running a, a tech startup. It's all very quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> quick is like relative. Because um, you've done everything faster than everybody else seems to. Uh, or maybe, maybe I'm just the one not <laughs> know, understanding how things are going. But... I don't think the normal course of events is tweet something and then VCs chase after you. No, uh, it's, it's not. No, <laughs> everything I, you know, when I started looking into it and I hadn't looked into it previously, um, it said you'll approach many VCs, you'll get used to being knocked back and you'll have to work on your elevator pitch and, and most people aren't successful. Um, but it seemed to happen very quick uh, for me. Okay. I, I think, I think because it, the, the company, uh, the VC company, they specialize in, in taking uh, open source projects and, and then building companies around them. <clears throat> and also there have been some other companies in a similar kind of space. Um, so they saw a potential niche uh, and they were quite keen to go ahead. Okay. I guess let's just uh, get the big news out of the way. Textualize, <laughs> probably everybody knows already, but Textualize is a thing now. It's, it's your mm -hmm. company, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been running it since um, uh, since January, and got um, three employees. So we're, we're a very small tech company, um, but it's going well. Um, I love the fact that I can continue to work on the open source because the open source is part of the uh, the a big part of the business. Um, so we're you know building something that's open source, um, 
fixing bugs, taking contributions, and everyone can use it. And I love that fact. Yeah, it's really cool. So the open source on the open source side, you've got um, you've got a few projects. You've got uh, started with Rich, and then I can't remember what came next: Rich or Textual or Rich CLI, but around the same time. Um, uh, textual came next. Yeah, Textual and Textual is what it's um it's it's not just Rich. It's uh for like what is Textual add? Um, so it's it's building um a text user interface. Um, okay. which is basically when the application takes over the, the full area of your terminal and it can render um, lists and text editors and uh, dialogues and such. So it's kind of like, um, like a GUI or a web application, but within, uh, within your terminal. Yeah, and it looks way better than... So, okay, so when I... Uh, way back when I was a youngster, um, they... Like, like DOS apps were that, I mean, Hmm. there were, Hmm. uh, the old DOS apps were text-based user interfaces. Uh, yeah. Oh, they're not new. No, they, they go way back. Um, they, they predate the desktop and, and and the web. Um, so, so it's definitely not, um, the new cool thing. I think, I think it's an old thing that's, that's become cool again. Um, but it, so one of the big holes was that there wasn't a lot, or maybe there was innovation, but I didn't see it. Um, mm. The, I don't think there was a lot of innovative things, both on capabilities, but also on the developer experience uh, in yeah. the CLI. Space. Yeah, and I, I think the reason for that is that um, the web came along, and everyone saw the web as the platform, and maybe there was just um, the, just terminals were old and and um archaic and we didn't need to develop for them um so okay. people are using um very old apis like purses that's been around for literally decades um to, to build these things and we haven't benefited from all the work that's been done in the web space because yeah in the web people are constantly trying to innovate and try to make better ways of making user interfaces um but the terminal hasn't really benefited from that and you, one of the things you've done with uh, Textual then is to bring in a uh, a layout scheme similar to CSS then, right? Or uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're actually using CSS. It's um, it's a dialect of CSS. It's a you know a subset of the declarations, but we've got the same kind of rules. Um, so you can apply uh, rules to um, a particular widget, or you know a descendant of a particular widget. Um, or you know, a child, that kind of thing, and you can apply various declarations um, that affect how it looks. And the syntax is very, very similar to like CSS, uh, you know, from the web, okay. um, but it applies to the, the terminal. And then textualize, you're doing, you're bringing it back to the web, right? Is that what's yeah. going on? <laughs> it's, it's going uh, full circle. So the, th- the thing is, um, I think um, for many developers, many particularly Python developers, Textual will hopefully be one of the fastest ways of building um, a user interface of any kind, um, which is fantastic. I think, um, you know, that's great. I'm hoping that people will distribute these applications to other developers. Um, but I don't want it to be exclusively in for the domain of developers because um, that kind of limits it to um, developer tools. And the only way to, like, bring it to, like, um, everyone else um, is to put it on the web. 
Um, so that's what Textualize uh, is doing. Textualize is the service. Uh, Textual is the uh, the open source uh, project. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So Textualize is the service, but Textual is the open source project. Is it, am I going to be able to do these um, uh, textual applications running in the web or running in a web browser uh, with the open source project or, or just through? Um, yeah. Um, so there'll be a very generous free tier um, okay. for, you know, a, a tier for open source and also the first tier. So if you're, if you want to distribute your application to um, a certain number of users, um, you, you probably come under the, the, the free tier um, so you'll be able to use that for free. Um, if you want more scalability and you want extra features, um, then that would be the commercial side. So you'd, you'd sign up. It's, it's kind of a okay. software as a service model. Okay. Um, well, I sure can't imagine anybody complaining about you finally making money off of this because you've given, I mean, Rich, uh, Rich and Textual already have given so much to the community We've got um, a lot of other open source tools now look a lot better because of mm. these tools. Mm. So it's pretty cool. I mean, even uh, even PIP has Rich in it, right? Um, or a vendored version of it. Uh, yeah, so. that's right. Yeah, but for the progress bars, I was um, <clears throat> I was very excited when I first saw when I first did PIP install and I saw a Rich progress bar. <sighs> yeah, so it's that's one of the interesting things is Rich is not that big of a library. Um, I mean, there's a lot of features in there, but it's not. It's not a big uh, a big ask to have that as a dependency. Um, mm. So, like even something like uh, um, I don't know, I'm using it for an application just for the tables, just because mm. I like the way Rich handles tables better than uh, any other table solution I came across. So, mm. um, uh, it's worth it. And the the color, the default coloring also sometimes. So decisions are also a problem. To, Making decisions is hard, especially when you're just mm -hmm. re re doing a quick application. So having the default colors be different and reasonable to start with is awesome. I like it. Um, yeah, I, I try to make things work uh, reasonably well um, out of the box. Um, there's, there's loads of parameters to tweak. And the table uh, class in particular has um, so many options that you can define um, how it looks. <clears throat> but the defaults generally work quite well. Yeah. Yeah, the only I think the only tweaking I did last uh, so I so I did it for the application I wrote um, the little application I wrote for the uh, PyTest book, um, and one of the things was the default like divider between the uh, between the 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 headers or the titles of the he column headers and the mm -hmm. columns themselves. There's just a line there, no big deal. Mm -hmm. But um, the default was like dashed lines or something, and um, there was. When we when we went to um, uh, when it got translated to uh, Mobi for uh, or EPUB for for digital books, mm -hmm. um, the layout was messed up. Uh, okay. it looked fine in the PDF, but it was messed up in the other one. So I just switched to uh, the 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 solid line, and mm -hmm. it looked fine. So yeah, um, uh, minor things, but uh, anyway, uh, just having mm -hmm. fun with uh, I. I actually have a couple ideas for textualize. Um, so I was curious. One of the things I was holding back for was um, uh, character input. So that wasn't there <laughs> at first. Is there is there a character input solution now? Um, 
someone's um written one um because we're, we're we're building out this um css branch uh and before we've like finished all that api we can't really start working on widget um okay so we've unfortunately paused um the 0.1 branch but um someone else has stepped in i can't remember who developed it but they built a um a text input widget for, for the old okay. api um but uh, fairly soon hopefully in a, in a couple of months we'll have proper uh, text input and we'll start adding on various widgets and uh, even a, a full editor you know full multi-line multi-page editor really mm. oh, that'll be cool neat so uh so i can go out and uh, as a as just an exercise i can try to re-implement vim or something like that in in textual um yeah well it's pretty massive but i'm sure you could have an editor that you're very <laughs> familiar to you know you could uh, use the the uh, bim keys yeah. i'm i'm not going to that just seems like too much work uh mm-hmm. uh but but it would be it'd be a fun exercise actually for um i don't know college level sort of stuff to be able to just say not everything but uh but a handful of the the operators for either emacs or vim handle that within mm-hmm. a I could totally see this this happening in an education setting. So, um, one of the things I like about uh, textual and rich so far is um, is to be able to do command line interfaces quick. Like, okay, this in combination with other innovations that have happened, like Typer, is mm-hmm. um, is great for um, for having uh, the 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 commands to a command line application. So, combining those two is is incredibly powerful and then being able to just um, have something that looks kind of like a GUI for, for real. There's a lot of quick things like, uh, mm-hmm. like I'm, uh, you know, a make system or something uh, or you've got like a handful of developers that use it. There's not that many questions, but there's a few like do you, which platform you're building for or something like that to have that be a nice uh, graphic interface. And at the same time, a nice command line option, for people mm-hmm. that know what they're doing sort of thing. <clears throat> but if you don't remember the options to just run the, run the thing and pop up a few <clears throat> dialogues and stuff, being able to do that in textual is so cool. Um, and it looks so much better than it's, it looks good. It's really cool. And having it be not very much work is really important. And, and yeah. I think that's one of yeah. the things you've added uh, because I would never like, if I was doing a make system and I, I was thinking, ah, maybe I'll do a GUI or something. I would not grab curses. Uh, no, it's not something no. you grab. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm amazed there are so many curses projects out there because you have to be really quite motivated um, to to work your way through curses. Um, so I'm I'm hoping, you know, in, in in the future I'll have integration with with Pydantic or something, so you could um create a, a Pydantic model and that would turn it into a form, and then you could pop up um a tui you fill in the form and then that return the Pydantic model. Oh, wow. So you could, you could integrate it with um, anything. We needed to get some, you know, fields from the user. Maybe, maybe yeah. you know, your, your CLI could have a hyphen hyphen tui option. Uh, you add that, and then it doesn't get things from the command line. It just asks for for the input in a form. Yeah, or um, or maybe an adder's object or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be cool. So how? Uh, so now you you're a full fledged company. Uh, of how many people now? Uh, four people in total. We've got two developers and uh, a part-time um, 
bookkeeper and slash PA. He's also my wife. <laughs> okay. Uh, so she's totally on board with this uh, crazy plan of yours as well. I guess not yeah. so crazy. So No, it, it, it felt crazy right at the start. I mean, she was on, she was on board with me taking uh, a year off. Um, it, it was partially to, to de-stress, to be honest. Um, but that, so to, <laughs> so to de-stress, you've started a company. I know, I know. It was, <laughs> which was actually quite stressful to begin with. Um, seems to be quieting down now, but okay. there was a lot, a lot to take on board. Uh, a lot of things I've never thought about. You know, I, I've got my head in code for the last twenty-five years. Um, I hadn't think, thought about running a company and what's involved, so I had to learn quite quickly. Okay. Well, um, I guess that's one of the interesting. Th- uh, another question: Are the is the are your VC backers um, helping with that part of it, or are you having to learn the running a company on your own? Um, they, they are helping. They're, they're quite hands-on, um, but it's complicated by the fact that the funding comes from the US, uh, and I'm running the company in the UK. Okay. Um, so so it's, there was some complications there, which I had to, to work through. Um, the US side couldn't help me a great deal because they didn't have much experience with, with the UK side so there's lots of you know regulation issues and legal issues and and um accounting issues but i think i think i've just got figured that out nice okay very cool uh well normally so you have it hasn't even been a year since you decided to take a year off has it or has it been about a year um no much less than a year um i can't think it was november like I quit my job. No, October. Yeah, it hasn't been very long at all. Okay. Yeah. So normally I would think, you know, it's a, a startup just starting out. You've got, you've, you, this last weekend, you uh, um, finally told everybody what you were doing. Um, mm-hmm. um, so when do we, I, do you know when we'll have services available mm-hmm. at Textualize? Um, hard to say for certain. Um, but the, the kind of web service would pro- probably be the end of the year. Um, okay. We would have uh, the, the free tier and accounts running. Um, because in order to get there, we've got to get textual working. And it's got to be slick, easy to use, and well-documented. Um, okay. So that, that would be the first milestone, which we're hoping to get you know, in the second half of the year. Maybe like from August, we'll have like a 1.0. And then alongside that, we'll work on the web service and then hopefully uh free tier by the end of the year that's awesome mm-hmm. okay and the the reason to go public um you you said in on twitter that you just you don't really like keeping secrets and working in the secret is that mostly why or um um that's certainly partially but i don't think there's much benefit in keeping it a secret um you know got, got all this time got a whole whole year um which i could be tweeting about it and blogging about it and getting, you know, getting more interest in it. Yeah. Um, I think that is way more beneficial than keeping it a secret um, for, for an entire year. And to be honest, I don't think if anyone watching now, um, you know, thought, oh, that's a great idea. Um, I'll try replicating that. I, I don't think they would, they would catch up. Um, <laughs> I don't think so either. Knowing the pace at which you develop stuff, man. Um, of course, you might be slowing down if we can get uh, if we can get you in more administrative roles. Um, 
and <laughs> away from the keyboard, uh, uh, your project might slow down a little bit. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to avoid that. I mean, I'm, I, I do love, I do still love write, writing code. Um, talking to people that have been in the same position, they do say in a few years, um, you might expect to move away from writing code at all into more of a kind of a, a managing position. Yeah. Um, which I'm not looking forward to. I actually suspect um, when we get to that position that I would um, be a CTO, um, so okay. someone else would be the the, um, the chief COO, chief operating officer, uh, and and I would be responsible for code because I think that's my my strengths. Yeah, well, I I don't know if you have weaknesses, uh, but um, I think that. I think I would, if I were you, I wouldn't, I would ignore you. You already do ignore everything when people say that's not the way you do things. Um, because <laughs> it seems like your way works. Um, so yeah. Uh, so far. <laughs> uh, so, um, so you would, the last, I guess, I don't know how long, but the last bit of time you've been, you guys have been working on, uh, CSS or CSS sizing. Um, Textualize, mm. is that true? Uh, yeah, we've got a, a solid um, CSS parser, which um, builds the interface. That's that's kind of working at the moment. Um, and on top of that, it's got really nice errors. Um, so if you if you got some uh, broken syntax or some kind of logical error, uh, it'll do it rich style and show you the code uh, and, and the column uh, that, that's wrong. It'll give you some a nice error message and some suggestions how to fix it because um what we're really building is something that's super easy to use uh, and helpful you know um so that that's uh, where we're focusing our, our time on i think if we wanted to get features um you know quickly we could probably be much further ahead but what we're really aiming for is to make it just super easy to use right you announced re- not too long ago about the um like the the logging back in so that you can yep. so you can kind of pay attention to the events that are happening um so there's a log channel to pay attention to if you're debugging yeah, something that, that's right so um it's kind of strange because when i was building textual um of course i'd want to use rich to to write out um data structures you know i i tend to like the kind of printf style debugging um but you can't do that in a 2e because if you do if you write the standard output uh, when you're rendering an interface, then it just messes up the interface. And then the next frame, you don't see the output anymore, um, which has always felt really weird because I've you know, spent two years working on Rich and I couldn't use it for, for textual. Um, so we built this um, tool, we call it DevTools. Basically, you run um, a server in one terminal uh, and then textual talks to it via WebSocket. So you can have like a, a nice log that's rendering um, you know, pretty rich style data structures in, in one window um, whilst the you know the actual app is rendering in another. Okay. That's pretty neat. And like I don't know, uh, I guess I I'm I like the way that you're working with this with uh with uh focusing on the developer experience. So because you're you're using it. You're dog dog food mm. it, fooding it while you're building mm. it. Um and um in that that's pretty cool. I'd much rather have this be solid and usable than moving faster, I guess. Uh, not that you asked me, but mm. um, it's nice to see that the, the uh, command line, the command line gets some attention and also uh, 
the developer experience. So it's pretty neat. I think that there's, that is something that other people can replicate. I think, I think a lot of other companies would, um, would benefit by slowing down a little bit and, and focusing on the developer experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the companies, there are companies that are doing that and the, the project and projects and the projects that do that, I think are benefiting because mm-hmm. the, kind of the us nerdy types are the early adopters uh and we're gonna even if we might not be your uh your cash cash flow later um we'll be your advocates i guess so yeah i think a lot of companies um assume that developers are smart and therefore they, they can put up um with interfaces which are a bit clunky and tricky to use and require um, pouring through documentation. And I think sometimes that they forget that developers are human beings and, and they value their, their time. You know, if the command line interface can spend a little bit, if you can put a little bit of interface, a little bit of time to um, render nice errors or, or to make it elegant to use, um, I think developers would appreciate that. So it would, it would save, save them time. And if you multiply that by, by all your users, um, you've saved a you know a lot of time for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, like one of uh, one of the big benefits of Pytest is uh, the when it, when an assert happens, it tells you exactly where in mm. the line the problem is, um, and uh, and then some. I think it was Python three ten uh, that had like better uh, better tracebacks with. Um, with telling you not not only in the what line the problem is, but mm-hmm. where in the line. And I know yeah. that was that was a lot of work to put in, but that's there's a lot of other cool stuff in Python three ten. But for developers, that's one of the most exciting things is is just helping me, just shaving off seconds or or minutes of yeah. me debugging. Um, yeah, and it's huge. So I, I think it adds up. Um, you know how when you're when you're working, you've got iteration cycles. You 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 write some code and then you run it, and then you write some code and run it. Um, if the error message tells you where where to to fix your your code, um, <clears throat> it can save you like seconds per iteration. But how many iterations do you do um, in a day? Uh, I think yeah. it can add up um, depending on what you're working on to tens of minutes, um, which might not seem like uh, a lot, but think of it over the course of a year. Um, I don't know what is what is that? Is that a week? A week of time you've been given back? The the other thing that really saves, and I think it saves a lot more than that, is because um, I don't really know where the problem is until I see the first traceback. Mm-hmm. But when I see the traceback or a lot error message or a lot you know logging or something, um, I kind of think I know where the problem might be. And if I, if the if the error message is clear enough to tell me that it's not there, it's somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, then I've saved an entire tr- a branch of debugging that would have mm-hmm. been fruitless. I mean, because um, like print debugging, I'm guilty of that too. I like it uh, actually. It's mostly because I do a lot of real time stuff that. Um, uh, debugging would completely slow down the process. So I want to mm-hmm. be able to see things happening in multiple threads and multiple applicate, you know, things at a time. So that's really hard to do with debugging. You kind of have to let it run and then examine the logs after. Uh, yeah. But anyway, 
the um I might go off and add a bunch of log statements to a part of the code to try to, to isolate the problem. And that's not even where the problem is. It's somewhere else. So that sort of stuff. That was a tangent though. But mm-hmm. um, I I don't know what, what else to add other than I'm super excited to see where this goes. And I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that you can that there's something that's going to build money around this so that you can keep making textual awesome for all of us open source people. Um, yeah. I mean, um, I don't think, um, well, I could have, couldn't really do it nearly as well without funding, you know, um, I built rich just as a, as a hobby. Um, it was like, um, evenings and, and weekends, um, textual, I think it needs going to need a lot more time to do it justice. So I think, yeah, this is a fantastic marriage of like, um, uh, open source and, and commercial interest and they don't they don't conflict i think so and that's great so uh on the commercial side or or just the text textual in a, a web browser where's a model where that works well i mean why would i do that other than just do an application like a regular web application um well it kind of is a regular web application when you built built a textual app and it's running in the browser um it'll, it'll look just like a well it'll, it'll look a bit retro perhaps because it's on a, on a grid of characters um but you'll be super comfortable with it you know it'll have scroll bars and, and menu items um so I, I see it as a just an alternative way um of creating web applications that also happen to be true and we can also make them installable to the desktop um because you can build them as a progressive web application. Um, so you, you click an icon um, in, in the title bar, and then it installs it into your, your home screen, um, effectively making it a desktop application as well, so that you've got like three classes of application. You've got 2E web application and desktop application, and that's um, a single source base. Okay. And that, that, there's a lot of places within coding um, where the retro look or something is not even a downside. It's a benefit. Uh, hmm. But like I'm thinking um, uh, dashboards for, you know, monitoring, whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It worked fine for places like things like that. Um, uh, but uh, are there like, is that mostly the target or do you know? Uh, I guess you don't really know. Um, can't be certain what people are going to use it for, but um, I think it's very good for, um, Stuff that updates in real time, um, tables and numbers is very good at. Log files is very good at. Um, it is very good for um, editing data. Um, if you imagine on, on a web server, you might have a bunch of configuration files, um, and you run a few commands on them. Previously, you might SSH into that box, uh, navigate to the you know the path, uh, run BI on it, edit it save it and then uh, launch a command um if you imagine a textual app uh, which has all those configuration files listed uh, you click on it uh, brings up the editor you can edit it and then you've got a button to lint it and a button to restart a process or something um so that's one use case it's like um uh, configuring boxes oh, okay uh, so like a, a sysadmin stuff it help with a lot of that yeah, and, and you can un- install it on um, multiple servers. <clears throat> so you could have um, essentially a cluster uh, of textual apps. 
and we're going to build um, a UI where that allows you to list multiple textual apps. You could even put it on a map and show you where they are physically. Um, you click on one of those boxes, and it brings up the textual app, and then you can interact with it and restart a server, and then click on the next one. Nice. Um, there's quite quite a lot of applications um, around that kind of like um, DevOps, uh, sysadmin kind of thing. Okay. Now, so if anybody's curious uh, uh, for following along with uh, what's going on with uh, Textual and Rich, I encourage people to follow Python Bytes. <laughs> no, because we we cover it a lot. But um, but uh, actually, uh, you have you've got a, your new website is Textualized.io. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's right. Yeah, it's kind of a, a jumping off point for our projects. Um, it links to the docs and got a gallery for rich and textual. Because um, one of the things I noticed is I was losing track of all the projects which used uh, rich in particular. Um, so in, in, on our, our website, we've got a gallery that lists them all and you can uh, tag them for particular uh, particular topics. Okay. And with all the excitement around uh, rich and textual, I think getting in the gallery is a pretty decent way to get noticed by everybody else. Uh, yeah. Like, so if um, you know, so. if readers are working on a rich project, um, they can submit a PR. Um, once you merge it, it gets built automatically, and then your your contents on the gallery. Nice, cool. Uh, well, in, anything else you want to shout out before we wrap it up? Um, nothing off the top of my head. Okay. Well, I am excited to keep keep up. Um, uh, thanks for talking with us, and uh, we'll we'll. We'll keep watching to see what cool things you're up to. So thanks again, Well, And also, I probably have called you Rich occasionally on uh, the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I well, did once. I, I forgive you. I can see how you can make that mistake. <laughs> um, but uh, also, you you often hang out in the... Uh, um, I don't know if you'll do this in the future because you're probably busy. But um, you often uh, show up in the chat on on Python Bytes and, and help I, I, I do, yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's on just after dinner. <clears throat> In the UK time, um, okay. so I have to learn, and I, I sit down to Python Byte. Nice. Well, we've uh, we've if you've you've noticed, other people may have uh, not noticed yet. We've kind of shifted to Tuesday nights. So mm-hmm. Tuesday in the in the US, it's afternoon, but um, uh, we do it noon Pacific. But uh, but anyway, so Textualize.io, and then also um, you you're uh, on there. There's a jump. There's links to your Twitter account and. Uh, actually textualized Twitter account and other things. So mm-hmm. cool. Well, uh, uh, I guess good luck. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Cheers. Be a pleasure. Thank you, Will. I'm excited to see where you take textual and textualize. Thank you, Rollbar. With Rollbar, developers deploy better software faster. Learn more at rollbar.com. And thank you for listening. Links to everything we talked about today are in the show notes at testandcode.com. Now go out and remember to have some fun while coding.